1: First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filippone. Lions, Panthers. Yep. All right. How are the Lions going to blow this? Like, mean, how are they going to Lions all over themselves?
3: They're going to lose this game.
1: Like, the Panthers' D is going to hold them to like seventeen points or something, and they're just going to lose this game. Yes. God, that would be pathetic. They're going to lose this game.
3: This is like, to me, like there's some, there's some, I look, they deserve to go from where they were at one and six to where they are now. They deserve and they've earned all of it and they should be getting credit for that. And this Jets game was one where there was a lot of attention. There were a lot of eyes on it. And they came through. Now, if if Robert Sala knew what the hell he was doing with his timeouts at the end of the game, they could have lost. I mean, they could have lionsed it right there. You know, Zach Wilson actually getting benched tonight, he could have been a hero in New York all week if his coach had handled the end of the game situation better. So I just think we've probably inflated the Lions off of that win too much. I watched the Panthers suck against the Steelers, but they're a really physical team. And I think they'll take it to the Lions. And their their situation is the same as it was before they lost to the Steelers, which is their division blows. Three of those teams lost last week, and they're in the same exact spot. If they win the rest of their games, they're in the playoffs. They control their own destiny.
1: Yeah, I think, the, uh, I think it's very similar to the game last week against the Jets. Panthers' defense is – Way better than the Lions' defense. Lions' offense is way better than the Panthers' offense. Lions' offense has been way worse on the road. So they certainly could lose uh, this game. I did think that the Lions largely outplayed the Jets. I would agree week. with that. Even even though the coaching uh, time management blunder came down. And what I said on the pod last week about the Lions, uh, when you slept through it, was – They're a weird team because, yeah, I liked them before the year. And, yes, they've hit their over. But, like, when people talk about them this offseason and they add, you know, a couple of first-round picks, they'll be like, the Lions are going to take that leap. But you could make the argument that just given some of their their wins this year, you know, six points over Green Bay – one point over the Bears. That game last week against the Jets. They've had some wins that easily could have gone the other way, and then some of their losses. Same thing. Like it's they they've been like on that knife's razor's edge of the NFL, yeah. where you could easily make the argument that they've exceeded x like it, it exceeded what they should be or fallen short of it. They've been in a ton of coin flip games, and so. And they've had a lot of, like, ballsy, we've got nothing to lose moments from Campbell work out for them. Like, two weeks ago, throwing the ball to Panay Sewell. Last week, fourth and inches, the reverse tight end screen. Like, you know, so, I mean, it's been – they could just have a few of those things go against them next year. Yeah. With more talent and underperform. But they are damn fun. I actually – there's so something about the Bears where they've the Bears have seven one score losses. I feel like the Bears get blown out this week, but then beat the Lions and put the second pick in jeopardy. So <laughs> I think I think the Lions win this week and then lose next week, is how I see it going. Uh Saints Browns. Okay. I love this question. Where do you how do you feel about an under five hundred division winner hosting a playoff game? Uh,
3: I love it just because of the gnashing of teeth that goes on from people when it occurs. So as long as we have this imbalanced schedule, we might as well have the team that wins that division make the playoffs. And I like it even more that they they get rewarded with the home playoff game in the first round. If we don't like this rule... Then we should just change the way that we format the standings like they're starting to do in college football where they're where they're getting rid of divisions and they're just having the top two teams go to like conference championship games because they're sick of like, you know, the Big Ten, for example, where the Big Ten West winner is like a piece of shit every year. So if you want to just make it the NFC and the AFC and not have divisions, great you don't play teams twice a year but as long as you have it this way i think the division winner should host a playoff game
1: yeah i disagree uh by the way the the mvp odds just reposted mahomes is minus 310 and burrow and allen are tied for third at plus 900 at nine to one so i don't think it'd be enough uh but i do think he would he would jump hurts uh if burrow beats allen in a couple of weeks but um just to tie that knot but um my thing has always been reseeding in all sports for the playoffs would make the sport better. Every sport. If you but you should have divisions, because unlike college football, it's a little tougher to have like actual rivalries in pro sports. Like, of course I want the Steelers to play the Ravens a couple times a year. Of course I want the Bears to play the Packers, the Cowboys to play the Eagles, the Chiefs to play the Broncos. Of course. You should have rivalries. You should have divisions. But the reward for winning your division should be you get into the tournament. It should not be you get a home playoff game. Like in baseball a couple of years ago, when the Dodgers and the Padres had by far the two best records in baseball, but they didn't meet in the NLCS, it was ridiculous. Like that, that should have been the go-to-the-world series, not in the division series. When in the NBA, when you have one conference that's way better than the other, there's no reason that like like I, I'd be fine with the NBA because they play 82 games, it being a one through sixteen tournament. And if the two best teams are in the West, then they shouldn't meet until the NBA final. but
3: but I feel like there's more criticism over what we're talking about here with Tampa hosting or whoever wins the NFC South hosting it with a bad record than say a second place team that has a great record that has to go on the road from the very beginning of the playoffs. I don't feel like there's an equal amount of discussion about the inequity or unfairness of those two things.
1: That well, I don't get. Well, I think I think that I mean, the, the NBA one probably gets the least amount of attention. I did think the NLCS thing was egregious. Like, the the Padres and the Dodgers were clearly the best teams, and they didn't even mean the NLCS. That was ridiculous. Um, but no, in this – it so this would be right. This would be Dallas going to Tampa. The Cowboys not exactly a sympathetic organization, and we've talked about it, that that number would do huge ratings. But yeah, I don't think that Tampa deserves to host a home playoff game. But it has nothing to do with them finishing under 500. It just has to do with their record not being as good. Like, it, I, I wouldn't put in a caveat of, well, if you win your division and you go nine and eight, then you get the home playoff game. And if you go eight and nine or seven and 10, you don't. I just think it should be let's play the schedule, let's see your records. All the division winners are in, but then you seed it one through seven based on the actual win loss record. That to me is the fairest way to do it. Um, Bucks Cardinals. You love this so, these social media stories. Gronk said yes. he was bo- Gronk said he was bored. People thought it meant that he was maybe coming back. He was probably just joking. If he were to come back, where do we want Gronk? Where are we putting him? Not back in Tampa. Well, no, they're not going to not- win anything. Exactly. Okay, so you want to go through the playoff teams? Sure. Okay, let's start Let's start NFC. Not putting them on Philly. They don't need Don. him. They traded for Hawkinson in Minnesota. Kittle. Kittle and we- you could have two tight ends. I know, but talking about teams that would really need him. Right. Dallas, Dak loves Dalton Schultz. Mm-hmm. And then Giants in Washington, who cares? Because I already have my answer,
3: by the way. I already have my answer. You have your answer. We have not gotten to it yet.
1: Is your answer Green Bay? No. But if you think they're making the playoffs, that might be the most well, I know that's a selfish
3: thing, but that's not actually
1: okay. what I think is the best fit. No in Buffalo. No in Kansas City. Baltimore? No. Because of Andrews, oh yeah, right, right, right. Well, yeah, just I just want I just want my guy to, Lamar to have multiple weapons. Chargers? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I mean that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Is he living in L.A.? I kind of feel he like in Miami. Oh, is he? I think he's. I think he's. I think he's in my. I, I think he's Miami. Um. Yeah, I mean they don't really have a tight end. No, they don't. They don't have a tight end. You're right. Um and you get that
3: up the scene threat with him. You got Eckler more east and west. Now. I mean, that would be that would be awesome. You think he has something left? I don't know about that. You know what else I think? This is gonna sound crazy. But I actually think he is the type of dude. That would give that franchise in that town some much needed boost of juice. I mean, they should be, they should be marketable and they should be popular in LA on their own merits because of what Herbert is, and because of the, you know, they have a great core of players. But I just feel like Gronkowski is such a big celebrity, crossover celebrity, that if he signed there. I, I don't know. Like I'm not saying it's going to put another fifty thousand people in their stadium. Well, good. I'm glad you're not saying. But that. But I, I I do actually think he would. It would help the Chargers break into that market a little bit more.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, I think that they could use any help that they could get. Um, I've said this before about the Chargers, man. They've got like one of the coolest rosters in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, if but there's no personality.
3: Yeah, but just but there's no there's no fan base. Yeah well that that's the bigger thing but but LA's a personality driven town. Yeah. You know, if they had signed Odell Beckham Jr. and L with the Chargers or something, not that he would necessarily help them, but that would have given them a jolt. That would have given them some juice. They need something like that.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's probably unsolvable with just the the fan base in the local market. But last thing and this is also fun. So Nance Nansen Romo <laughs> Had to go to Denver for Rams-Broncos on Christmas. Uh, it's just, I mean, Romo will have done four minutes of prep for this game in the booth leading up to it. He'll be like, who's playing again? Um, the is just golfing all week. He doesn't care. Um, this he will North- probably fly.
3: I would not be shocked if he flies their day of game. Would you? No. Where he opens presents with his kids in Dallas. And charters a plane. And then, you know, has breakfast with them, and
1: then boom, he's off for Denver. I agree. I think that's absolutely in play. Blames it on the weather. They'll be like, the storm passed 36 hours ago, Tony. What are you talking about? Mance is just fuming. Yeah. <laughs> Eating his burnt toast. You make $6 million <laughs> more a year than me. I carry you. Um, uh, do you like that Christmas is no longer the NBA's holiday this year, that the NFL is is coming in? I do. I really do. I do. I
3: feel like it's, you know, like there's not the buildup for it just because the games are so bad other than the early game. But, I mean... I'm sitting at home on a day off. I'd rather watch an NFL game than just about anything else. So I, yeah. So like, what do you do on Christmas? So it's changed a little bit because my, my wife's family's traditions were different than mine. I mean, we were, we were really a Christmas Eve family growing up and Christmas Eve was the big day. And then you'd open presents Christmas morning, but really after that, there wasn't anything that was really that elaborately done by our family. We might get together with some cousins or and stuff, but it wasn't like anything too fancy or too too big scale. And it's kind it's kind of flipped around with my wife's family. Like they'll probably want to do like a more grandiose Christmas dinner the night of Christmas. And that just that never was a part of our Christmas days growing up.
1: So. Yeah, it's just it's just like We we like always just like spread it out across Christmas, like delay the present opening, like don't open everything in the morning, like. Oh, really? Yeah,
3: pace yourself, situation. Okay, we were
1: like we were a pace yourself situation. We were like a you open a present, then your sister opens a present, then you open the present, like not everybody tears open their stuff, then have breakfast, then you know play a game, then you know play with some of the stuff that you got, like really drag the whole thing out over the course of the day. Is that still happening in the Parkins household? Well, I get two little kids, so it's really hard to pace, you know, one of them's a baby and the other one just tears into everything as soon as you can get it. So I don't think we'll be able to drag it out over the whole day. But the only thing I don't like about it is like NFL game, you definitely got to pay more attention to than an NBA game. Now, not this year because of the slate, but like if the Bears were playing on Christmas, that's like you got to, that's three, three and a half hours of your time locked into a sporting event. Yeah, I, that I happened
3: to just, me. That happened to me when the Steelers and Ravens played on Christmas a few years ago, when it was for the division championship, it was a great game, but it didn't feel like a holiday. It felt like
1: I was working. Yeah. And I that's unique to us because of our jobs, but I, I'm not interested in that. Like I'm not interested in that at all. Um, And when the bears played on Thanksgiving, even a couple of years ago, I, I think I st- still didn't go in on black Friday. I just, i like, wow yeah yeah I'm mailing it in I was like I, it's the holiday man I look at it like if people aren't driving in their cars I shouldn't be working <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah like honestly like, I, I'll give you these takes when the audience is there uh, so do you just look at it like the next two weeks people don't drive they're just uh, like- yeah I'm off until January 3rd this is the last bit of broadcasting I'll be doing for a while. How did I do? Okay. I mean, I can't really critique right
3: now. I slept through the last. <laughs> yeah. so. So. That's true. I'm not, I'm not going to be judgmental right now, given
1: what happened the last time we
3: taped yeah, one of these. That's true.
1: That's true. You really aren't in any position to criticize until the playoffs. Yes. Uh, All right, Packers Moneyline is uh is our consensus show bet. Spencer Ray is our producer. We're not recording after Christmas, so we'll be back uh in a week with the full recap. But I'm hopefully gonna be in Florida. So you have someone in for me yet? We'll figure that out. Yeah. Awesome. Figure it out. You're looking good, man. Thanks, Drew. All right, man. Merry Christmas, everybody. Subscribe, rate, review, share with a friend over the holidays. We appreciate you. First and pod.